This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Got a show, got a show, got a show to do. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, my babies? Um, Yeah, I'm cramming it in. I'm doing three little bits of content today. Uh, Wifey works at a new... um, Oh, God, there, there goes the dog. Right when I hit record, he's like, I'm going to start barking. Uh, apologies if you hear him. I don't know if you do. I, I got really sensitive earphones on. Anywho, um, wifey started a new salon. I had a new salon. We moved her in, so her hours are a little different. So I got to cram it all in one day. I'm a lazy piece of shit, so that's kind of hard for me, but we're going to do the recap show. Devin Tejada interviewed Adrian Yanez. If I'm pronouncing that wrong, I apologize. Um, Devin did the interview. I did not. Um, so a little backstory that Devin runs the Instagram. He uh, DMs uh, fighters that he likes, that we like, and uh, Adrian destroyed on the contender series. Looked like a complete beast. Really, Dana gave five contracts at that night, but, I mean, if you made the argument, if he's only given one contract, Adrian would have had the contract. He's got a good record. He's only lost two people who are in the UFC. Um, stud. So Devin did the interview. You know, he, he offered it to me. I think I even told you on the podcast I don't know, maybe a week or two ago that I, I don't know if I'm an interview guy. I kind of talk a lot of shit and, and I'm kind of in the gambling world right now. I like, uh, like play some bets, even though I'm fucking losing. We'll get to that. Um, and Devin put on all legwork, you know what I mean? And, and I think it was, uh, you know, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. We're interviewing somebody you don't know. Uh, Devin thinks Adrian was a, was a cool guy. You're going to hear that. I'll, uh, I'll obviously play that for you guys. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that is what's coming up. So right now I'm going to do the recap. And then we'll listen to the interview with Devin. I, I've heard bits and pieces of it. Um, I haven't heard the whole thing. He just sent it over via Skype. But uh, yeah, let's get to the recap. I don't know if I have anything personal. Anything personal. Bah, bah, bah. When's the last time I talked to you? So Friday. Bah, 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 bah. Got the truck fixed. I remember talking about that. I had to sit at Indianapolis for, what was it, Friday for like six hours getting that fucking truck fixed so I didn't have to drive back home and drive back up. It was a fuel injectors. They replaced it. They started throwing stuff at me. You know, here's a gas card. Here's a fucking um, get your car washed, blah, 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 blah. So it is what it is. Fix, run like a dream. Work sucks this week. It's hot as fuck here in Cincinnati. Um, what else I got? Is that it? Man, boring life here, man. But no, I'm going to do um, the... The Devin interview with Adrian is going to be on YouTube, um, so you can watch that as well as an indulging it in here. Pick'ems will be up this week. I was going to do the Pick'em with Timbo. <clears throat> Tim Mitchell, uh, part of MMA Takes Podcast. Again, my schedule is all fucked up because of the wifey. You know, she's trying to iron her things out, which, you know, she's got to make money. She's got to do what she does. She's a busy woman. So um, I had to put that on the back burner. Hopefully we'll do it. I mean, listen, there's a UFC card every fucking weekend. Uh, Tim and I, will. Uh, we're both degenerate gamblers. We literally bet every single weekend, every single fight pretty much. Um, so I have no... Uh, <clears throat> no worries that we'll get one in uh, when things line up. So pick will be out Thursday. Um, you're gonna be hearing this on a Wednesday. Basically, they'll be coming out at the same fucking time. If I'm being honest with you, maybe I'll do. Uh, maybe I'll do the pick them like late Thursday. I don't know. Um, but let's recap the fight so we can get to the interview with uh, the newest UFC member. Um, all right. So the fights. Uh, 
I like the card, right? There was a lot of upsets. See, when when big upsets happen, I get really fucking mad because I missed them, right? So as a degenerate gambler, I'm mad that I missed these upsets. Now, I would have never million years would have predicted these upsets besides maybe Frankie. Frankie was a good substantial upset. Um, he was, you know, plus two, 200 something. That's probably the only guy I would have laid money on. Um, I thought that was a closer fight than on paper. I know Frankie's, you know, a little bit older, but and Pedro's on a tear, but I did think... Um, I did think that was a close fight. I did have Pedro as a favorite. I picked Pedro. Obviously, got that wrong. We'll get to the main event at the last because that's a lot of uh, a lot of controversy with uh, everyone doing this. You know who won and all this stuff like that. All right. So first fight of the night: Trevin Jones, five star Jones. This motherfucker lives in Guam. He fought Timur Valet, who is a stud. Everyone, no one wants to fight this guy. Trevin Jones took this fight on short notice. Had a catch weight of one hundred forty pounds. Barely made weight, caught a lot of weight, went in there, got absolutely destroyed the first round, got kicked to the body bad, got hit to the head, hung in there, came out and knocked out Timor in the second round. One of the biggest, I think he was a plus 800 um, underdog. I mean, literally last minute, he might have been, he might have closed more, but God, you got to feel good for that kid. You know what I mean? Like his story is incredible. And then just coming in, getting his UFC shot, you know, he's 13, he was 12 and six coming in. Not probably not the greatest record to make your UFC debut on, but uh, and you're fighting a killer, a guy no one really wants to fight, a guy you know had a lot of fights, you know he's 16 and two, had a good record, huge favorite, and you come in and you fucking show out. I love that, right? I would have never in a million years bet Jones. I, I just probably would have, as a degenerate gambler, maybe I would have put like 10 bucks on a, a crazy um, underdog parlay or something, but. Uh, I didn't see that fight happening like that, and I loved it. I jumped out of my seat. That's fucking, that's what MMA is all about. You got to love that shit. Trevor Jones, awesome stuff. You know, great. gave a great interview. Seems like a good kid. You know, I don't even know where Guam's at, and that's where he lives. So I can't imagine they have a huge MMA scene there. And uh, he's a stud. He's got power, right? You know, I think, you know, he got hurt to the body in the first round. He was a little gun shy in the first round. And then the second round, his corner was like, listen, you got hurt to the body. You lost that first round. Like, you got to go. You know, and he went out there and he fucking cracked him with the, you know, his South Paul cracked him with that lead right hook. And, uh, boo, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Next up, Matthew Selensberger versus Car- uh, Carlton Minus. This is my underdog lock tonight. One of the few fights I got right here, I got Selensberger. He just bodied Minus up. You know what I mean? Minus, um, you know, there there might there might not be any weight rooms in Alaska. You know, he looked a little, uh, you know, I know this fight probably came together kind of last minute, but, you know, this guy's probably a 55er. I know he's probably tall, 5'11", but, you know, he he's, he's, doesn't have the best body on him. It looks like he could definitely cut to 55. And I usually don't want guys to cut. Um, but, yeah, he just got bodied by Selensberger. Selensberger hurt him a lot. I mean, it was a competitive fight. A little bit, but I mean, Selensberger won, in my opinion, every round. Maybe there was a round for Carlton that I'm forgetting, but Selensberger, big, beefy kid for 170, strong from a football player, likes to clinch, likes wearing on you, um, went, to, went for some takedowns. You know, obviously, there's a lot of his game that needs to be, he's only had nine fights, there's a lot of his game that needs to be seen yet. Like, how does he do off his back? How does his takedown defense? How does he do when uh, you get a real big, heavy pressure fire? Because 170 is a fucking shark tank. But that was my underdog lock, one of my underdog locks. And uh, I one of the few bets I won, actually. So thank you, Matthew Sullensberger, for uh, making me win a bet. I'm still down on the fucking night. I went two and seven on my picks, if I didn't say that already. Two and fucking seven. I had four bets in. A couple bets got canceled <clears throat> because of the fight switching. So I had two bets in. Sullensberger was the other one. There was one that won. Um, but I, I kind of broke even, I guess, now that those other bets got canceled. But yeah, I went two and seven on my picks. I, you know, I bought a crystal off Amazon. Um, it, you know, it came with instructions. It was $6 of Amazon. It's a crystal necklace. 
And it said that you were not allowed anybody to see or touch your crystal, but it didn't say anything about talking about it. It's supposed to give you health and good luck. So I need it. I need to do, turn this bad mojo, uh, Joju mojo blah, blah, around. And uh, yeah, what what better way than to uh, get a six dollar crystal from fucking Amazon? All right, next up we got Jordan Wright. He was a, he was eleven and zero versus Ike Villanueva. I said take right. And this is another fight that kind of came together last minute when I did the pick him. I did not have a line. I said take right, not Ike right. If he was north of two hundred uh, underdog, I figured he'd be the underdog. It was actually it, I think Ike Villanueva closes the favorite, but it was very close. They both were in the minuses. I think at one point. Ike maybe squeaked in as the as the favorite there, but it was a very close fight on paper. I would have never taken right. I think his, um, I think he, you know, Antonio Hardonk, trained California kid. Um, you know, he, he's got some skills, but you know, I think the chin's a little bit of an issue. And then just the level of competition, he hasn't really fought up to the level of competition. He's really fought like two guys with winning records. Villanova coming down from heavyweight. I figured he just maybe bully right a little bit, but he just was too slow and ran everything. Got dropped with a spinning uh, spinning wheel kick. Was actually really fast and then got cut with that knee in the clinch. Wright didn't seem that much smaller than him, even though Wright's a 185-pounder. Definitely strong serial killer vibes from this guy. This guy reminds me of Bateman from American Psycho. This guy, he creeps me out a little bit. Good win for him. He's in the UFC now after failing on the contender series. So good for Jordan Wright. Um, you know, trains with a lot of people in LA. People seem to like him. I saw a lot of congratulations from the uh, LA MMA community out there for Jordan Wright. So good for him. But I mean, listen, if 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 there's a story that comes out that Jordan Wright has dead bodies in his freezer, I'm not going to be fucking shocked. Next up, Amanda Lamos versus Mizuki. I Mizuki in this one. Lamos just it was a close fight. A lot of people online thought maybe Mizuki. Could have stolen. I thought Lamos won every round. I know Mizuki was pressuring. The I think Dom was even saying on the broadcast like Mizuki is really crawling cage time, but she wasn't doing anything. She was just pinning her against the cage. Lamos dropped Mizuki in the first round. Mizuki rebounded well, but Lamos just looked too slick, too smooth, too powerful on the feet. Um, got that W. Good for her. I mean, I don't know. I didn't know a ton about her. I picked Mizuki. She was a favorite. Another underdog I missed. I didn't know a ton about Lamos. Um, completely missed the fact that she fought. You know, at 135, and now she's at 115. She looks good. She looks big. She looks strong. Next up, D-Rod, Daniel Rodriguez versus Dwight Grant. Love Daniel Rodriguez. This kid's a fucking stud, dude, right? Knew nothing about him. Comes in, fucking chokes out Tim Means after piecing him up. Wins his his second fight off a short notice replacement of Gabe Green. And then literally the day before his fight gets to the Dwight Grant fight, he was supposed to fight. Uh, I have it written down here. Who he's supposed to fight? Come on, Brian. But find it. Okay. I haven't crossed off because I, I keep tight notes. Um, it was probably says it on here. I gotta find out. Oh, he's supposed to fight um Takasi Sato, which I don't understand what happened to Sato. They never told me Sato was fucking uh he took a picture of his hand wraps on saturday like almost ready for fight time like as a joke on twitter i'm like what the fuck happened to this guy was it COVID? was it you know did he get sick whatever um i love rodriguez he took dwight grant on short notice got rocked in that first round dwight grant does have some power comes with a good camp has fought some good people this was a good fight for rodriguez and and you know with a full camp against sato now coming in against a different guy different stance uh different type of fighter clipped in that first round Chris Tyone, the referee, I thought did a great job. A lot of people were giving him shit because he was a little inconsistent. I thought Dana Rodriguez was moving. He got rocked, but he was moving. He's taking a lot of shots on the ground. And then when he clipped Dwight and Dwight collapsed, his legs were totally gone. It was it was a different story. Dwight got like basically just like slept a little bit on the feet. Um, Dwight 
gassed himself out and Rodriguez took over. But that's that dog. That's that hunger that that the, uh, that Daniel Rodriguez got. He got clipped bad, scrambled on the ground, didn't give up. Dwight literally threw probably 50 punches, but he kept moving. He kept moving. He kept moving. In the post fight, he kept saying, I kept waking up in different positions. Like he got rocked that bad and then, you know, gets up and is just mad and just starts going after White, who's gassed at that point. So uh, I'm going to keep an eye on this Rodriguez. 3 0 in the UFC right now. He's fought some decent guys at 170. Uh, obviously, just keep moving up, keep stepping up, keep stepping up, keep fighting guys at 170 because, uh, you know, you got three wins now. You, you only got to go up. Let's not take steps back here. The biggest upset, I think, in UFC history, according to John Anik, Shannon Dobson versus Maria Agababa. Um, I'm going to call Devin out a little bit here. Devin, you know, he interviewed um, Adrian. You're going to hear that a little bit. But he gives me shit because, you know, I, I'm a Sean O'Malley fan. You know, Darren Till lost. I'm a huge Till fan. You know, I, I, I have, I have, so I just knocked the mic. I have loyalties and uh, Devin doesn't have any loyalties, right? But he loves Agavapa. You know, he, she sold her paintings with her own blood. Like he's like, she's a beast. She's this. She was a 1300 favorite. You know, she's ah, blah, blah, blah. Shannon Dobson was three and four. He's talked shit about Shannon Dobson on the podcast. So have I, so it's not that big of a deal, but when she lost, he didn't watch the fights. I think he had his uh, anniversary with his lady, so he really wasn't tuning in the fights. I was giving him shit. He's like, she's not. Yeah, yeah, I don't care about her. Come on. Make a stand. Pick a side. Uh, no, Agavapa, listen, she came out too hot. She was just, she couldn't control her emotions. She was dancing. She was doing goofy shit. Uh, she's literally becoming like a meme now on MMA Twitter with her little pre-dance thing. Um, she just came out too hot. Chan Dobson, you know, w- was, was willing to go through that fire in the beginning and then turn around. That's what she did. And Agavapa literally had to get stretched out because her adrenaline dumped. Like, uh, I haven't heard any injury, just literally exhaustion. Um, and Dobson won. It was a huge upset. TK Oder and, uh, you know, the hype train can settle for now. I think Maria is is definitely a talented girl. I think she has talent. I think a lot of people like her at American Top Team. Only hear good, good things about her. But um, it's a fight you got to beat. You got to beat when you're that big of a favorite. This is, this is going to hurt her career being that big of a favorite. Vegas gives you that much credit, credit against Shannon Dobson, who, again, is not lighting the world on fire. She's fought some good girls. She's talented in her own right, but she's not going to be fighting for a title in the next year or two, right? So... Kind of an ugly loss. This is a huge setback for Maria. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, and yeah, that 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 little gif of her dancing before the uh, before the fight's gonna gonna be around for a little bit. All right, next fight. I don't want to talk about this fight. I, I don't want to talk about it, but I'm gonna have to. Joe Lucky versus Austin Hubbard. Austin Hubbard. You know, I have my guys list. My guys that I root for. Right, it's a long list. Um, Austin Hubbard is on the guys I'll never root for list. I can't fucking get this guy right. What is? So I put my face on YouTube or Instagram or whatever I fucking posted it, and I go off on Max Rochkoff. I talk about how talented he is. I talk about all the finishes he has, all these things. Also, Hubbard comes in there and acts like he's the fucking... My phone's ringing. Fucking better not go off doing the thing. Ah! Sorry about that. If you heard that, that's my fucking mom calling me. Come on, mom! Um, I'm doing my broadcast. I'm on the radio. But... um. But Austin Hubbard, I just can't get this guy right, right? He embarrassed me. I put my face out there about Max Roscoff. He fucking destroys him, right? Gets him out of the UFC, makes him quit, right? He fixed, fights Joe Selecki, who's from Wilmington, which is literally my second favorite city in the entire world. I completely forgot that aspect of it. Looked okay in the contender series, but I just thought Austin Hubbard, listen, he's fought the better people. He's the better grappler. He's striking isn't great, but he's going to push the pace on this kid. And he gets his back taken standing guillotine, or excuse me, standing uh, runic a choke. I mean, Selecki's slick, and Selecki set that up right, but Hubbard, what the fuck? 
He was my other underdog lock. He was also the guy I bet on as well. The only two bets I'd actually went through. Daniel Rodriguez, I bet heavy on Daniel Rodriguez, but that was when he was fighting uh, Sato, so they refunded me my money. And then um, what was the other fight I bet heavy on too? Oh, Alonzo Menafield and Ovin St. Peru as well. I, I bet it heavy on Menafield. They refunded my money on that. So I only had two bets. So it was Hubbard and Sullensberger, both my underdog locks. I didn't parlay them. I did them straight. And Hubbard fucked me. I could have went up money. I could have got out of my funk. Austin Hubbard, as far as I know, he owes me $6 for the crystal I just bought on Amazon. He owes me $6, and I expect it in cash, Austin Hubbard. Um, no, in all seriousness, though, Selecki, you know, listen, it's, it's tough to... You know, you, you blow out your legs if you're on someone's back like that in the backpack position for rear-naked choke. Um, he's obviously confident in his skills. He's confident in, in his, his submissions. He destroyed Matt Wyman, which, again, Matt Wyman's training with animals. We don't know what that what that meant. Uh, Hubbard's a legit dude. Hubbard, I don't think, has ever been finished in the UFC, so that rear-naked choke was was kind of a big deal. It was a, it was a really good win for Selecki. It's a guy a lot of people want to keep their eyes on. I like to see him maybe work a little bit up. Hubbard was a good benchmark for him. Let's give him another guy, another shark tank at 155. 155 is killers. So there's no shortage of people to fight. And um, yeah, we'll keep an eye on him. And Wilmington, you know, shout out Wilmington, a little bit of a hotbed. John Salter fought on Bellator. He's from Wilmington. I think he's like kind of like the, uh, the chief guy down there. You know, Derek Bronson's obviously from Wilmington, Joe Selecki. And then there was a guy last night that fought in the contender series. From Wilmington, I can't remember his fucking name. I think he won though. Why can't I remember his name? But yeah, um, oh, it was uh, it was um, Pickett. Pickett's from he he's from North Carolina. He trains in Wilmington with Salter and those guys. I don't know if that's his main camp, but that's where he goes. Uh, so Wilmington being a little bit of hop at MMA, you know, that's where I'm gonna probably retire at. I'm gonna move down there and fucking love that city. All right, Mike Rodriguez versus Marcian Pracnio was a co-main event. Yes, I said co-main event. Um, listen, Rodri I got this fight wrong. I picked Pracnio as a two-to-one underdog. Uh, the kid's a stud, but Rodriguez just too much for him in the clinch. Elbow knocked him out. Pracnio's chin is complete garbage. Um, and Rodriguez looked good, right? If he wants to keep this momentum, I like to see he didn't get any damage in this fight. I like to see him fight a little more. He's got some ugly losses in there, but if he if he's confident and he throws his game and he uses athleticism and he doesn't worry about getting taken down or worry about certain things, I really think if he's free fighter in there and just free flowing and worries about himself, that Rodriguez that is, I think he can do really well at 205. I'm not blown away by him yet. But I think he does have some talent, some flashes in there, some knockouts, some flying knees, some elbows, look good in the clinch. You know, he's with Joe Lowe's on there in Boston. Um, just needs to fight a little more actively, in my opinion, and then maybe just really kind of let it go. All right, main event time. Uh, this main event was awesome. I was glued to my fucking seat for this. Uh, Frankie trying to turn back the clock against Pedro. I picked Pedro. I did not bet this fight. Um, I, you know, I just I didn't see the value on Pedro, if I'm being honest with you. I thought he was a little high. I have been burned by Frankie in the past, so I couldn't bet Frankie um, because I bet him literally the last three fights, and, and I've you know been wrong on that. The only fight I didn't bet him on was the Cup Swanson fight because I'm a fucking bozo. But listen, Frankie looked good. Frankie looked really good. He took shots well. That was what I was worried about. I knew he was going to move well. I didn't think his speed was going to be that big of a, an advantage because he's fighting guys that are really fast. Pedro was definitely the slower fighter. Pedro was, but he's the more powerful guy, right? Um, he was loading up big shots. He was crack, uh, cracking Frankie with some big shots. Low kicks were adding up, and Frankie was sticking and moving. He was, you know, moving or this uh, uh, was on the cage, but he was circling around, never flat on the cage. Took Pedro down like one or two times, just real quick takedowns. Got back up, uh, nothing, you know, just avoided the uh, guillotine choke that uh, Pedro so good at. But Frankie really good, really did good. He stuck and move. I thought Frankie landed. 
Um, not as hard as shots, but he landed the shots. I think a lot of shots that Pedro threw missed. Frankie was moving his head a lot. He got caught a lot. He got hit a lot, but he took it well. That was the thing I wanted to see. I want to see how Frankie took a shot. Um, obviously, his chin's been in question in the past. Um, hopefully, you know, with his age, he's 38, going to be 39 in October, that that was an issue. But, you know, Cardio looked through the roof. He looked in incredible shape. Uh, Frankie is old. He fought like Frankie. I would have liked to see a little more takedowns. I really thought if he would have mixed up the takedowns more, um, I think he could have really thrown Pedro off a little bit. Pedro wouldn't know what's coming. But I think the kicks had a lot to do with Frankie maybe not wanting to play on that foot. His fucking leg got chewed up. I mean, listen, Sean O'Malley quit after like three calf kicks. Pedro, uh, Pedro kicked Frankie three times every fucking minute for five rounds. And Frankie was limping. And that dude's a dog. That dude's a savage for uh, staying in there. So um, I had it for Frankie. I had a 3-2 Frankie. I know a lot of people had the Pedro. Pedro thought he got robbed. He wants a rematch. I, I Listen, I don't think it's a robbery by any stretch of the imagination. If Pedro would have won, I would have no problem. If Frankie would have won, that's who I scored it for. It was very, very close. Um, I had I had Pedro win the first one, Frankie win the second one. Uh, Pedro win the third, and then Frankie win in four and five. All very, very close five, uh, close rounds. Five was, I think, probably the closest round. I know three, some judges gave three to Frankie, which... It's kind of crazy to me. One and two were definite rounds for each guy. Frankie definitely got two. Pedro definitely got one. Three I gave Pedro. And then four and five Frankie. Um, and I think f- the fifth round was very, very close. Both these guys are fucking savages. Maybe they could run it back in the future. This hurts Pedro a lot. Pedro was two losses now, two elite competition. He lost to Aljamain a year ago. Now Frankie. Um, you know, can't really hang your head on that. You know what I mean? He's he's a fucking, he's a high high level guy. What's next for Frankie? A lot of people were, were flirting with the idea that he's going to get the shot. I, you know, they love giving Frankie Edgar title shots, but listen, you got to give that to Aljo. Dana finally kind of confirmed it's going to be Aljo. He said, prop more, most likely Aljo. The, the best confirmation we're going to get right now, Frankie needs to fight like a Dom Cruz. I want to see Frankie fight Dom Cruz. Anik said on the Anik Florian podcast that when he was working with Dom this weekend, that Dom didn't really seem too excited about working with uh, fighting Frankie. He wants to fight like young dudes. Um, I just hope they don't give Frankie Jose out at 135. Uh, Marlon Rice, the winner of Marlon Rice and Sanhagen, would possibly be a good fight for Frankie. I know Frankie used to train with Marlon, so that'd be interesting, the little uh, little kind of narrative there. Uh, other than that, that was I thought it was a pretty good fight. Listen, the uh, pretty good fight night. The card wasn't great. You know, it was okay. But, um, yeah, I, I think it delivered. And before we get to the interview, let me recap uh, uh, Contender Series last night. I don't know if I can do it from memory like I normally do. Um, so let's see. It was a good Contender Series. There's some studs. I thought um, a, a lot of people could have could have got signed last night. So I don't see the full recap. So let me try to remember. Okay, so the first fight of the night was Huck Body. Huck Body uh, choked out that Krav Maga guy who weighed five pounds less. I mean, obviously, he's not 185 pounder. He came in at 180.5. Uh, Huck Body just has that long, lanky fucking arm triangle on top. Didn't even have to get out of mount. Choked him out. Looked good. Good grappler. Looks a little shaky in his feet. I would like to see him work on his hands a little more. Um, you know, long kid for 85. Good, good impressive win um, for him at, on the contenders. He was the first guy to get the contract. Next up was Romero and Breeden. Really good fight. Romero was, you know, Canadian guy. He looked really good. That was a really, really close fight. Um, 
Really close fight. Breeden, tough as they come, was basically on one leg. That's essentially why Dana said he, he couldn't give him the contract is because Breeden was on one leg and Romero's 23 and he should have finished it. I think Romero's going to get a call. I think Breeden probably get a call too eventually if, if his leg's not too fucked up. Very competitive fight. I like that fight a lot. Breeden, James Krause guy. I don't know if Romero is a, uh, is a hobby guy is a Faras, but he talks about training with George St. Pierre at one time. I know he's Canadian. I'm not sure what part. But uh, yeah, he looked good. I, I, you know, I enjoyed that fight. Uh, next up was uh, Jeffrey Molina versus Jacob Silva. Adrian Yanez, the guy you're going to hear in a minute, That's Silva was his training partner. I thought both guys should have got contracts. 125 needs killers. Molina was a stud. They were staring at each other after the round. Silva got rocked with a lot of stuff but wouldn't quit. He was cracking um, Molina with stuff. I've heard a little bit about Molina, um, you know, pr uh, prior to him coming to the UFC. You know, I think he trains out of the James Krause camp as well. I've, I've seen him on Instagram. He's the next 125er. I think I've seen some people retweet, uh, retweet him on Twitter. 125 needs a shot in the ass. They need fucking guys. So uh, Dana did say as much. If Silva stays in shape and doesn't have any injuries, they're going to call him. You know, and I think Silva will probably fight before Molina. If Molina broke his foot, you know, that's going to be six, eight weeks. Uh, he's out with that foot thing. So if Silva's healthy, I mean, I know he just had a fucking war, but he'll get a call. I mean, listen, 125 needs a shot in the ass right now, and, and both those guys should have got signed. Then he had Javier Alves versus um, Flores, the, the kid from uh, uh, Mexico. Uh, Alves is fucking savage, 145. I couldn't believe that guy makes 145. He is fucking huge for 145. It is goddamn shocking. Um, loved it. Alves, beautiful guillotine. It was very close first round. Uh, Flores just looked a little timid. I mean, he looked good. His, his striking looked good. He looked quick with his counters. Alves just stalked him, though, and 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 I think once Flores tasted Alves' power in the feet, I think he was like, okay, I don't really want to do this anymore. Shot for a takedown, got his fucking neck snatched. Alves got the contract, which was good. Molina got the contract as well, if I didn't mention that. And then kind of the main event was uh, Pickett versus uh, Patti. I don't remember his first name. Pickett won me over. Listen, the guy's got a sweet voice. He talked. This is his third go around. He would have been owned three if he lost. He fucking finished with like a 22 punch combination to finish the fight. He wanted this, man. He was heavy when they called him. He lost a bunch of weight. Um, you know, I thought maybe, you know, he's fought some tough guys in uh, the UF, uh, the contender series already. Uh, and, and he came out and he did his thing, man. He's got, a, he kept saying he wants to provide his daughter. He's a truck driver. Uh, you know, he's working 18 hours a day. He's driving two hours a day for practice. Had that sweet little Southern Cal uh, Carolina accent. He won me over. I'm super glad he got a contract. I hope he does well. Uh, I'm a fan of that guy. That guy, uh, that guy, you know, never gave up. You know, a lot of people just give up. They don't get it right away. And he was like, he could have went over three and possibly never got a shot in the UFC if he went over three, right? But uh, he put it all on the table, put his fucking balls out and was like, you know what? Fuck this. I want this. I work for this. I'm going to get it. So, uh, um, yeah, that's it. That was the fight night. That was the contender series. That was everything. That was my recap. I did horrible. And, uh, yeah, so fuck off. Uh, the crystal's going to rebound everything. All right. So next up, you're going to hear Devin Tejada. You love him. You love him. He's on the, he's on the pick and podcast with me when we do, uh, the pay-per-views and, uh, he interviewed Adrian Yanez. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. Adrian, if you're listening to this and I'm mispronouncing it, I apologize. However, Devin interviewed him. Devin's first time interviewing somebody. He's a little nervous. He said, uh, again, listen, we're, we're, we're trying our best here. Okay. We're not fucking professional journalists, but I guarantee you, after two or three more interviews, Devin's going to be better than Eric Hawani. That fuck. All right, enjoy the interview. All right, cool. Awesome. So I've got the touted, highly touted, budding bantamweight, Adrian Yana's here. 
How's it going, man? Yeah, it's going pretty well, man. I'm just, I'm just blessed, man. Blessed to be in the position I am. I am today, man. I've worked hard to get here, and I'm just super, super, super glad that I'm finally here, man. I, I've worked so hard, man. Yeah, I'm just blessed. I'm, I'm glad you're here too, man. It was super impressive to watch you. I, I mean, as of now, this year you have the most impressive performance, in my opinion, um, so far on the Contender Series. I was stoked to watch it. Yeah, man, thank you, man. I, I wanted to go out there and put a statement out, and I wanted to make sure I did get my contract. Like, like I said, like I said just a minute ago, I, I've worked so hard, and I had so many ups and downs in my career, man. That I'm just happy and blessed that I'm here, and I was super happy that I was able to perform uh, August 11th, man. It was, it was just everything just lined up right, and I'm just glad that I was able to perform like how I did. So, are you training in Vegas full time now? Is that is that what it is for you? Oh no no I'm I'm here with uh, my training partner uh, Jacob Silva he was fighting August 25th uh, against uh, Jeffrey Molina man I'll tell you right now my training partner Jacob Silva absolutely has dynamite in his hands uh, tune in it's gonna be a great fight yeah so I'm just here I'm help, helping cornering uh, my my training partner here with my coach and uh, and them so pretty much I just came back came back. Uh, from being here two weeks ago to now for his uh, fight, so just came here, uh, took a, took a uh, COVID test before I came. Then once I got here, took another COVID test, and 24 hours later, we we're able to walk around and do whatever we wanted in Vegas for for just like about a day. And then I just recently, probably like about two hours ago, took my took the most recent COVID test. So we'll find out results tomorrow. But been negative, like my past nine times taking tests so so uh yeah we're, we're locked and loaded ready to go it's the only test you want to fail yeah. <laughs> you know um so are you in full-blown camp or are you are you you know are you just cornering your buddy are you going back to houston after this oh yeah going back to houston man i always gotta I always gotta keep my fight camp at home man uh, i that being being uh being a houston fighter man not, not too many people get that uh People always kind of just kind of think of Houston and they don't really think of MMA. They think of everything else but MMA. They always think about California, Las Vegas. They think about Florida. No, we're, we're, I'm going back home and we're going to show Houston that Houston's a really big MMA spot and we're going to do it. So I'm going back home right after this. We're, we've been in somewhat of a camp. I'm already in shape. So we've just been doing a lot more technique, uh, just honing our craft and our skills. But once we get back, that's, that's when we start ramping things back up again. Uh, just so I I know I'm in shape. Just so I know I'm ready. Uh, like I said, man, I'm I'm in shape. I'm just ready to go. I, I'm ready to go tomorrow if they need me to. Uh, and I came off a clean performance. I haven't stopped training. I'm just ready to go. I mean, you look like you took absolutely no damage. And I... You don't seem like a huge bantam weight, so I'm sure that weight cut's not terrible for you. I mean, all weight cuts got to—they all fucking suck. But you yeah. know, is it is it bad for you that weight cut? No, not necessarily, because I do everything right. I, before I came to Vegas, uh, I didn't know what what type of uh, weight cutting conditions I was gonna have, so I made sure I came in a little bit low. I I made sure that all my my diet stuff was on point. Uh, I was walking around 155 uh, the week before, but I dieted down a good amount and then my cut was super easy uh so it, it's just all about dieting I, i'm like i'm not gonna say i'm the biggest but i'm definitely walking around 20 pounds over over my uh 
over the 135 limit. So, you know, I, I'm just I'm just steadily on a year-round diet as well too. So I'm I'm never unhealthy. I'm never super unhealthy, but I'm not gonna lie. Right after right after the fight, once I found out that I'm fighting October 31st, I did go out there and try to have a whole bunch of steaks. So uh, knowing that it's gonna be a couple months till I fight, but uh, whenever like during the week, I'm eating healthy, man. I, I, I I'm a strict fighter. You know, I got to keep myself on a schedule because the minute you get off and get off on a schedule, you're, you're just kind of just running rampant. You're eating whatever you want. And it's just not a healthy lifestyle that for me, whenever I'm not, whenever I'm not on a schedule. So I keep myself on a schedule. So I know what I'm eating, when I'm eating and making sure I'm eating healthy. So I'm always, I'm always in a fight camp per se. So do you prefer like an eight week, you know, are you doing two a days, eight for eight weeks out? Do you prefer six weeks? What do you prefer? And I prefer any time, honestly. I'm, I'm consistently training. I, I haven't stopped training uh, since the beginning of the year. I have not had a moment where I wasn't training. Uh, like I said, like I, I like to stay pretty active. So I don't really like to get out of shape. The minute I get out of shape, I don't feel good. I don't feel right. I just rather just stay in shape the whole entire time. So if time comes and an opportunity arises, I'm able, I'm able to take it. Uh, just like if if uh, let's just let's just say let's just use this fight as an example. Like if Pedro Munoz or Frank Yeager weren't able to make it to the fight, I was already here in Vegas. The opportunity was there for me to make weight. I could have made weight this week if if needed be. Um, just using an example, you know, thank goodness that fight happened. But like I said, these opportunities are going to be coming. So just in case, man, you, you never know. You got to be ready to step up on a day's notice. And that's what I'm ready to do. I mean, that's that's really smart with the COVID situation and everything going on. There's so many fights getting canceled. There's so many bouts that get put together in a crazy way. I mean, you probably always have a bag pack ready to roll. I mean, it's, it sounds like you're ready to go at a, at a moment's notice. And that's really, really smart because, number one, you can cash a big check. You know, with a performance like you had on Contender Series, if you come out and do that on October 31st, you're getting $50,000, bro. You're getting paid, you know. I don't get paid overtime. Yeah, that, that's so. Another question I want to ask you: Are you fighting full time now? Because you said that that was only that was only part time. So now, are you are you doing this full time now? I'm giving myself a little bit. We're go, we're going back to like the original schedule at work, where because man, what made it difficult for me was work when it went to a four tens. So I was waking up like at five o'clock in the morning, and then I wasn't getting off of work till 5 30 and our training starts at six so and where my gym and where my work are are at are currently located it takes 30 minutes for me just to even get to work so i uh, to even get to train so i'm usually like running like five minutes behind i'm always rushing uh the moment i get to get to relax is just whenever i get to go to sleep because i'm trying to rush back home just so i can take a shower uh, take a shower, eat, and just get into bed. And by the time I get into bed, it's already 10 o'clock. Uh, and then I'm just constantly thinking about a fight or something. Something's on my mind. Don't get to go to sleep till 11. Yeah, that that's what messed me up. But uh, now that we're going back to, uh, to 8 o'clock to 5 o'clock, which would be a lot better for me. I have an hour to get to get to train. To train uh, like, train starts at 6, get off at 5, got an hour to get, get to the gym. Don't have to rush. I can take my time. Then in the morning, I can still wake up at five o'clock in the morning, go train, relax, eat, you know, better, better time schedule for me, a way better time schedule for me. But I'm only getting myself a little bit before uh, 
before I just commit full time. Probably two weeks before uh, two weeks before uh, October, I'm pretty much going to call it, so I can have a good solid six weeks. That's smart, man. I like I, I like the sound of that, you know. And when you're still working, that keeps you still hungry, you know, which yeah. makes you want it even more. And and you know, with a guy with your skill set, you've got all the talent in the world, man. And you, your future is really, really bright. I'm I'm just super excited to watch you perform next time around. Um, so I wanted to ask you about the COVID testing for Contender Series. What was the process of that? Um, they're really they're they really talk about it a lot as far as you know for the regular fight nights and the pay per view cards. But I haven't heard much um, you know much of anything about the COVID testing for the Contender Series. Oh man, I, I'm telling you right now, the UFC does a really great job at this. They they test you before you leave. They send you a package and you do you do a testing over Zoom, or like it's either like they have a couple different ways that they do it. You either administer your own nasal swab or you spit in this little tube. I know they got plenty of other different ways to do it, but it's all priority. It's 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 a major priority that you get tested as many times as possible, so you're able to uh, make it to the fight. The UFC does a really good job. So as soon as you land, you, the first thing you do, you don't even check into your room. You still have all your bags on you. The first thing you do is you go into the tent, you get another COVID test. Then after that, you're quarantined in your room. And then after that, you're able to roam around for a little bit until you get your next COVID test. So they're really on top of their game. And man, I every time I came out came out to Las Vegas, like this is my third time coming within within a month and a half, within a month and a half uh, time frame. So every single time I've came, I've had probably this time around tomorrow. Uh, Actually, no, you know, I took my last COVID test today because the, the weigh-in, the fights are tomorrow. So altogether, I've already had about probably around 10 uh, COVID tests. Are they and doing? <laughs> making sure that they got they got all their, their ducks in a row, man. I'm telling you, they're doing a phenomenal job. They they are taking every single precaution that they need to. It's 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 a great, they're doing a great job. So are they doing the nose one or are they doing the oral one? They so before you before you even come uh, before you come like before I came uh, flew out to Vegas this time I did the nasal and then whenever I I came back uh, landed we all did the oral we did the oral uh, this time uh, when we landed on Saturday and then today Monday uh, the day of the wins for the contender series uh, right after you weigh in so they they they're checking all their boxes on the COVID test. So, uh, are you excited to fight under Anderson Silva on October 31st? For me, oh. growing up, he was my favorite fighter. He was the guy, like, he, Anderson Silva is the reason why I'm talking to you right now. So, I wanted to ask you who your favorite fighter is and how you feel fighting under Anderson Silva. Man, Anderson, to me, is the greatest of all time. Uh, hands down to me, just because of the way he beat people. Uh, if, he's, if he beat them, he, he's the reason why these front kicks are so so popular and everything like all of this elusive movement uh to me man is just one of the greatest like he's one of the greatest to ever do it uh man it's it's honestly like for me it's a dream come true because i'm fighting on on somebody who i look up to he's like an idol like him Cain velasquez jose aldo all these guys man I look up look up to as idols so just to be able to fight on the same fight card as anderson silva to me man is a dream come true i I'm super happy, super blessed. Once I found out, I wanted—I was jumping up for joy, man. I wanted to go out there and go on a three-mile run, 
just do anything, man, because I'm I'm super excited, super pumped. I, I love Yoel too. I'm actually from Miami. That's where I grew up. So um, um I'm a big fan of Jorge, obviously, Yoel. Um so when it got switched to Anderson, I was like, uh, you know, I really like Yoel, but Anderson's my number one. He's my favorite. Um, you know, still to this day. I'll always root for him no matter what. Um so I was when you when you got booked on that card, I was like, holy shit. I'm like, that's badass. I hope he's I was hope he's a Silva fan. He's a striker, he's gotta be a Silva fan. Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. Anderson Silva like the way he's made people look just by his striking is man, he's made people look really dumb, especially like the Forrest Griffin and then uh how he did Vitor Belfort. And then just like whenever he was his back was against the fence and he had uh Stefan Bonner throwing throwing spinning stuff and or just like just throwing shots and mi- making them miss. And the way he finished them with that with that knee to the body, man, that it, it was phenomenal. I, I am <laughs> this is I, a killer. <laughs> Super blessed that I'm fighting on the same card as him. I, you know, um, I, there was nothing better when he made Forrest Griffin run away. He ran out of the cage crying. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he did that to Stephen Bonner um, as well. And he's just in. It's like embarrassing. He embarrassed people. He w- went up in weight class. Um, he went up a weight class. James Irvin embarrassed him. He's he just phenomenal phenomenal so to watch you fight you know to watch you fight under him is it's going to be great you're the first bout on the on the main card right uh as of right now that's that's how i'm taking it as i'm pretty sure they're going to build the card as it goes on but i'm really hoping i get that that main card slot man i'm really hoping that that i get it just so man there's more eyes on me and if anything man i don't mind taking the last prelim fight either because it's the main event of the prelims so i either either one is fine with me i'm just glad that i'm able to fight on the same card as Anderson Silva, I'm pretty sure it's gonna. It's a fight night, so it's gonna be on ESPN. So everybody's gonna be want to be watching. Uh, so I'm just super excited. It's 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 gonna be great either way. Because if so, if somehow somebody doesn't even watch, they're gonna catch the highlight of highlight of me knocking out Aaron Phillips. So that that's on the, either, either way they're gonna watch it. Yeah, you know, um, I was gonna ask you about him. Um, I know you probably don't want to talk too much about your opponent. I don't know. I don't know if you if you want to say anything negative or positive um, regarding him. I I watched his last fight again today. Um, I watched it live against Jack Shore, and he looked pretty decent in the stand up. He has a pretty decent head kick. He was okay in the scrambles. Um, what can you do different than Jack Shore? Obviously, Jack Shore is, is is more of a grappler, but you know what can you do different than him? And and what are you going to do to finish that fight faster? Man, it's all about timing and precision. I, I'm, I know I'm a better striker than Jack Shore, and I, and I know I'm a better striker than Aaron Phillips. So, I have, like, from what I'm get, gathering, what I'm looking from, and, and whenever I'm looking at Aaron Phillips' fight, I really see a lot of openings. And whenever it comes time for me to fight Aaron Phillips, I'm going to show all those openings. And whenever, and whenever I land, you're going to see them have really big effects on them. And I really don't see it leaving past the second. I'm giving him the second just because I feel like after I hit him, he's going to try to wrestle, and we're going to be doing those exchanges for a little bit. And and honestly, I don't really even give him that because I fought way better wrestlers. So first first round, but if I'm going to be a little bit modest, I'm going to say second round. Uh, but I want a first round finish, man. I want that fifty thousand dollars, man. Right? All that helped change helped change my life again, man. So I'm I'm just really looking forward to uh getting that fight and really to getting in the cage that's what i'm most looking forward to because once i get in there it's it's just all me i'm i'm good i'm good to go i know my skill set over over his skill set 
definitely I beat him 10 out of 10 times. So do you feel like you have an advantage over him? You know, so you you fought you fought right in front of Dana. He was, you know, probably 50 feet away at most from you in the in the apex. You guys are in the apex again. Do you have an advantage over him in that aspect? Because he fought on Fight Island. Yeah, I, I would say it's it's about the same because I know there was no crowd, no crowd for Fight Island. There's no crowd for the Apex. Uh, I don't I don't see it as a, as an advantage or not because Dana was there too for Fight Island. Uh, it's not an advantage to me. The advantage is whenever I step in the cage and I implement my game plan. I'm going to beat him with speed, precision, and timing, and that's and that's how that's how I'm going to win. I believe it from from what I saw and what I've seen in your previous fights. You've um, you've got good footwork, really good footwork, really crisp striking, great angles. I mean that that check—it's like that check overhand you threw against your last opponent, and then that check le- and that left hook. Count, like it was just—it was beautiful. It was fluid. It, it was there was power, really good accuracy. Temple jaw—you you put them out, you know. Um, the ref saved them. The ref saved them. Um, it wasn't gonna go better for him there anyway. Now, I had my next combination loaded up. I was ready to let it loose. Uh, if he didn't step in front of me, I had I had the four three two ready. I mean, it would have landed because the way he popped back up, and I was like, it's it's gonna land flush because he was already dazed, dazed and everything. So I just knew it was it was just gonna land. Yeah, that it, it was the way the time right when I watched it happen. Um, what happened? I was I was watching, and then I I went to go to the I went to go to the kitchen, and I washed my hands, and I have my TV kind of set towards my kitchen, and I'm washing my hands. I look over my shoulder, and I'm like, oh 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 oh, he's out, he's out. Holy shit! I went and rewind it, and I watched it back again, and I was like, wow, that was that was fucking impressive. Um, you you had Paul Felder calling you um a young Jorge Masvidal. How does that make you feel, man? Man, just the the comparison of the fighting styles, man, to me is is amazing. I, I take it as a really big compliment because they he's out there starching people and he's out he has really good striking, he has really good boxing. I got called a young Jorge Masvidal, and that's you know whenever he fought Ally Quinta, man, like that was the fight that made me a fan because I really really didn't pay too much attention to him or anything before that fight. But once I saw that fight, I was like really impressed and I really loved like. I really loved watching him after that fight. Uh, you just—it was just something that I that I, I was like—I really loved his striking. So to get that comparison, man, was was really great to me. I, I I took it as the biggest compliment ever. You have the same look too, man. People <laughs> <laughs> say, man, I don't think I look like him, man. I, I've had people say that I do. I have, I saw comments on a LFA post whenever uh, I was fighting fighting Kyle Estrada. Uh, whenever uh, LFA first got put on the UFC fight pass. I looked down the comments and someone called me a young Jorge Masvidal. So I was like, he's like, he looks like a young, uh, young game break or something like that. So caught me off guard and I was like, yeah, I don't even think I look like him. The person who I got caught, who, who people said I look like the most was Sergio Pettison. That one annoys me. That one at all. <laughs> he's lucky he went to Bellator then. Yeah, we'd be fighting. <laughs> there you go. You know, that if he was still around, that'd be a great fight for you, man. Seriously. Oh yeah, I, I think it would be a great fight, uh, but can't cry can't cry over spilled milk, man. He's no. over there in the Bellator, so man, I can't say anything about it. Yeah, I, I'm sure you're on social media. How do you feel about um, all these guys from Bellator chirping that they have the best guys in they, they they believe that they have the best organization? How do you feel about that? Well, it's easy to say, like it's easy to say that, but 
a part of me is kind of like, well, most of the champions that that y'all got came from the UFC. I was like, they got they got on a losing streak, and this is just me not being salty because I'm with the UFC now. But it's just me just kind of looking at it and looking at the champs that they had. They most of them were on losing streaks, and then they they jumped ship and went to Bellator, uh, and then that's whenever they started getting their wins. They started getting their uh, their belts. So a part of me is kind of a little bit just like you know. Come prove yourself. Eddie Alvarez came over here, went over there and proved himself. You know, he had a tough couple fights, but then he got on a roll. Uh, I believe the competition is pretty stiff over there in Bellator, but at the same time, the best fight out of the UFC, you know, and I'm glad to be in the UFC to be fighting with us. You des- you deserve it, man. The, you're, you are in the right place. You went through the Contender Series. Um, the Contender Series is great because it's on a Tuesday night. It's on ESPN. COVID-19 is here upon us. You know, there's a lot of eyes on there's a lot of eyes on you. There's a lot of eyes on the UFC. So, I mean, you you had a great opportunity and you grabbed it with both hands and you, you put it in a chokehold, man. It was I'm, I'm really glad for you. Really, really happy for you. I got a question about your losses. So you got two split decision losses on um, both guys are, are in the UFC. Do you possibly want to get those fights back? And but. Uh- as much as as much as I want to say I do, the like the the inner fighter fighter in me wants wants to get those losses back, but at the same time, I'm over it. Uh, those like if they pop up, they pop up. Like uh, they like both of both of them are coming off of losses, you know. And I just want to fight. As of right now, like no shade towards them, but I I just really want to get my my foot in the door, uh, see if they get a win, you know, and then we can talk if anything, man. But at this point, they're not on my radar. I I. I just want to sit here and just make make my stake. Uh, I want to make my name in the UFC, you know. So I'm on a win streak. I don't really want to go go backwards in my career. I want to keep going forward. So if if their names pop up, you know, they pop up. I'm a, I'm a fighter. I'm a, at the end of the day, I'm gonna go out there and fight. But you know, I'd rather just be fighting these uh, these strikers and everything, man. Like I, I want to I want to put on great entertaining. Lost you for a second. Oh. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. it's all good. Yeah, uh, and I, I just want to go out there and just just strike and knock people out, man. I, I, I'm, I can wrestle. I know I can, but I just rather just man knock people out. Uh, so if I can make great style, like a a, a great fan friendly fight, that's what I want to do. And then you know if they're if they're on a win streak, just like I'm on, a, like I'm on a win streak, uh, then we can talk about it. You know, if if they're on win streaks and I'm on a win streak. Like just like I am right now, we can talk about it. Until they weren't, yeah, you know, and they weren't one sided. It's not like they were one side. They were split decisions, you know, which means they could go either way. Um, if that if the fight happened tomorrow, and you know, in the Apex Center, for example, that fight could be your fight. So it's not like, um, you know, it's it's not like a one sided beating or anything like that. If you look at if you looked at the damage of those fights, I was I was the winner. I landed the more strikes. I I outstruck them. I did more damage. Uh, all they did was just pretty much just hold me against the fence and uh, no shade towards that man because that's a game that's the type of game plan that people have and you have to address it. Uh, so you know I take I took those losses as a as a learning learning tool and I just moved forward. Uh, but fighting them, going back and trying to fight them at this point, you know they're both they're both coming off losses. I'm on a win streak. I'm gonna keep fighting these guys on win streaks. Yeah, and and those styles typically don't get that fifty thousand dollars, man. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I'm, trying three, I'm trying to get three in a row. Yeah, 
then you can definitely then you can definitely go full time. You don't have to you don't have to work anymore. MMA will be your job, and then you know hopefully we'll be doing an interview a few wins ahead from here, and I'll be even more excited. So where are you training at? Where are you training at out of Texas, down in Houston? Houston uh, Metro Fight Club. We Metro just went to a, a great facility called O Athletics. Uh, but if you go in there, you sign up under Metro Fight Club, man, get you all started, ready to go for your MMA, uh, for your MMA work and your MMA career possibility if you if you want to join. But yeah, uh, we're we're training under Metro Fight Club at O Athletics. Uh, got my coach Saul Solis, man, one best in the game. Definitely changed my life and my career. Uh, whenever I first met him, man, he. He took me from where I was at and made me to the fighter I am today. So, 100%, man, Metro Fight Club. Houston. So, you guys got a bunch of great food down there. What's your go-to food after a hard weight cut or a hard fight? What What's your go-to number one? You give me two or three. Oh, man, I got I got a couple. But definitely, once I landed from my, uh, from my contenders fight, once I came back from Las Vegas, whenever I fought, the first place I went to was Mike Seafood. That's the first place I went to, man. He has two spots now, but I went to his, uh, one of his more original spots, uh, the one where I've been going to for 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 any time after a fight. Uh, Mike Seafood, man, some of the best seafood in Houston, man. A hundred percent. If anybody is in Houston, you need to go to Mike Seafood, hands down, man. And also, it's a plus that he was my uh, he was a former training partner. Also, the man can cook. The man can cook. So, Mike Seafood, hands down. Another place is uh, Los Primos for Hita Hot Dogs. Uh, they're out of Pasadena. They're it's in the Houston area, but you got to go down a little bit southeast, and you'll you'll run into Los Primos for Hita Hot Dogs. So those two places definitely are a must must hit after a hard fight or a hard weight cut or vegetation cheat day. Go hit those places up. Mike Seafood. Mike Seafood. All right, guys. Well, look, man, I appreciate you giving me your time, man. I really, really do. Um, hopefully, hopefully you'll you'll give us another interview after you win and, and cash that check for fifty grand. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you, man. I'm excited to watch a fight. Yeah, and hundred percent, man. Anytime, just hit me up. Hit me up again, man. I'm I'm always down to do these, man. Uh, I'm I'm always down to do interviews, man. I'm 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 dead serious, hundred percent. This is part of it. This is this is get your name out there, you know, and then you, you you put those performances together. You cash that check and you know keep the truck rolling, keep the train moving. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, man. October thirty first, man. We're we're going out there catching a fifty thousand dollars check, man. I'm, hey, I'm betting on you, man. I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Thanks for your time, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. Have a good one. That was Adrian. Yanez, I think I said Yanez in the beginning. I, I I can't speak. I'm sorry. Awesome stuff. Awesome dude. I'm rooting for him. He's one of our guys. Now listen, I have a strict rule, right? Not even a strict rule. I have a rule. If you come on the podcast, you're one of our guys. So sorry, Aaron Phillips. You're about to get fucked up. Come October 31st. Awesome stuff. Proud of Devin for doing that. Um, hopefully we'll have him on again. He seemed like a uh, awesome dude training out of Houston. Silva, his teammate fought the other night. Looks like they got some beasts going on in Houston. The only Houston guy I know, I think, is Derek Lewis. I don't think, obviously, I mean, Houston, Texas is huge. Houston is probably big. Um, but, yeah, I, I doubt they train with Derek Lewis. I mean, Derek Lewis is fucking gigantic. Anyway, that's the podcast. Pick them. We'll be up tomorrow. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Shout out to Andrew and Hanet, uh, Yanez. Devin Tejada for doing the interview. Awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, enjoy the fights this weekend. I'll have my pick them up later this week.
Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.